Well, class is now in session. Welcome back to episode yes. four, episode four mm-hmm. of, Ron or- of Raw School. Yeah. Um, we are so excited. Joe and I are thrilled, thrilled, thrilled yes. because we have a very special guest with us. We found him on Twitter. That's right. We have he found us. From, uh, that's, that's true. He found us. We um, found each other. Someone from the Twitterverse <laughs> is joining us. And I'm going to let Steve... Uh, introduce himself and tell us a little bit about your D&D background, your tabletop role-playing game background, and anything else you want to share. Steve, we're so excited to have you with us today. Oh, I am so excited to be here too. (laughs) Thank you, Joe and Anna. And it was, it was a fun meetup through the the Twitter world there. It was Mm -hmm. was great. Yeah, my name's Steve Drysdale. Uh, I'm actually an officer in the Royal Canadian Navy. And I live out on the West Coast in a place called Victoria. Um, I'm not sailing anymore right now. I'm getting older and I just have a good desk job and I'm happy with that. Uh, <laughs> the dream. Absolutely. I've been working yeah. from home for almost exactly one year. So yeah. it's all good. Yeah. Uh, my D&D experience is strange. Growing up, I grew up in the 80s. So that was when it was still pretty getting pretty popular. Yeah. But uh, And I was a mathlete. I like to refer to it now, but I didn't get into that crowd. I was actually very much into air cadets, uh, what we have on Canada. And I, was, I learned to fly gliders. I was all about airplanes. So I didn't get into that. World. What? That is so cool. Oh, my God. I did. I did air cadets, too. Oh, my did God. <laughs> Everyone, listeners, just so you're aware, I'm outnumbered. We have two Canadians and I'm just the... As it should be, we should. There should be. There should always be two Canadians for one American. For every yeah, American, what I believe, exactly. Personally, um, that sounds amazing. By the way, it was a lot Sorry. of fun, but that was my world at the time. So I didn't get into D and D. It wasn't that I was opposed to it. It just wasn't. I didn't get into it. Uh, fast forward many, many, many years later. So we're talking like 2011, maybe. And my wife is going, you need a goddamn hobby. Get a hobby. Get a hobby. You're driving me crazy. I'm like, yeah, okay. Uh, what do I want to pick up? Uh, oh, that cross stitch looks fun. You're crocheting. I don't know. What the hell am I doing? Um, and we were at a, at a get-together, uh, pre-COVID, obviously, back then, a party. I think it was mm-hmm. years, maybe. And a, a friend of mine or, had talked about, he played Pathfinder. And had played D&D right from the beginning mm-hmm. uh, and invited me. And I thought, okay, you know what? Looking for a hobby. I'm not opposed to this. Sounds all right. Uh, went down to his basement uh, one <laughs> day, not to sound creepy, but he showed me through some basic <laughs> character creation. Uh, and uh, and then I started playing and I got hooked. So now yep. I want to play more 5e. I want to play D&D. I keep playing Pathfinder. I'm running games. I'm in games. I've done Starfinder. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of Delta Green. Mm-hmm. I've I've played Delta Green. Have you? It's kind of a cross. Mm-hmm. What would you say? A cross between X Files and Supernatural and Friday the Thirteenth mm-hmm. or something? Maybe. Yeah, like, I, that sounds amazing. Call of Cthulhu, I, actually. Yeah, exactly. That was like the setting that I played it in. Oh, it was. I love Cthulhu. It's so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, just like I met you guys, uh, I'm going to be on a, we're going to do a Twitch live stream in May for raising funds for mental health playing Delta Green. And I'm so oh, excited. Oh, that's amazing. So you're playing, just, you're, that's amazing. You're doing, you're playing an amazing game for a cause that I'm very passionate about. Oh. Amazing. Yeah. Steve. Okay. So I we're definitely, definitely promoting that. I'm, yes. Oh, that would be awesome. Yes, so I'll keep 100%. you updated. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I want to say addicted, but I've, I've 
definitely dove in Amen. two feet you and can I say, can't get this enough. This is the crowd to say you're addicted, okay? 100%. <laughs> but I'm not, I don't do the, the painting of minis and I get looked at kind of funny. Um, I just, I don't have that kind of skill, you know? Yeah. And it's, I don't have that. And uh, I don't get into the home brewing, which I know offends a lot of people, but I just, there's so <laughs> no. much out there already written. I want to just yeah, run Yeah, nothing with wrong it. with that. Just yeah, run with just it. use that content. Yeah. Um, so in some I, way, that's, a, that's me. That's yeah, awesome. no, I... Uh, and I've been married almost 31 years. And that's Ooh. what I was going to say. Everyone, D&D saves marriages. Yeah. Okay? He needed a hobby. He went to tabletop RPGs. Boom. And his wife was no longer angry with him because he didn't have a hobby. So <laughs> Because I didn't have just, a hobby. Keeping right. no families together <laughs> since 1974. There's <laughs> other reasons. Right. There's other reasons. But at the very least, this one sliver of the reasons yeah. <laughs> no longer is there. Well, that is great. That's I'm awesome. I'm so excited. Yeah. Well, Steve, our topic today for Raw School is character creation. So we're not going to get into like the mechanics and the numbers and stuff like that. We're actually going to do that in a future episode. Right now, we're just talking about like, how do you make a person, right? Like what goes into creating somebody that's not you? Uh, What are you thinking about when you are a made up person joining an adventuring team? So Joe, do you want to start us off? Sure. So, I mean, like, there's there's so many ways to go about this. There's no one right or wrong way, right? Sometimes an idea just pops in your head and you're like, oh, my God, I want to do uh, I want to do a British speaking, you know, dwarf who has this crazy background. Um, gr- and then, like, suddenly the character is built from that. What I tend to do and admittedly, like a- a- what Anna said, we won't talk too much about class and race on this episode, but I will usually find like a combination of like a class or classes and a race that fit really well together um, that have like a really unique combination of abilities and skills. And from there, I'm like, okay, what kind of, what person, what monster, what creature would fit this profile? And, and, and how could I make them into a really fun person to role play? Um, And from there, I kind of just like, you let your imagination run wild. You pull from, all the references and and things in in pop culture and and fantasy things that you've read and watched and you just kind of like let your imagination run wild that's sort of that's kind of like how i get started that's awesome how about you steve how do you get started yep um i tend to be liking the the odd mix especially between a you know oh i'm going to be a dwarf bar half orc barbarian well yeah mm-hmm. You know, nothing wrong with that because if you want to maximize the build, I mm-hmm. know that that can do that. Um, my very first character uh, in Pathfinder was a half orc paladin, just because Ooh. I went, "Oh, those two don't belong together. Let's put them together." <laughs> um, He's a risk taker, this team. A risk taker. Uh, I find from listening to a couple bunch of different. Um, actual play podcast and Mm -hmm. the the character ideas that others have come up with stimulate the the imagination juices going that, Oh, okay. Oh, like, for example, I heard one that um, Pathfinder is a witch. And I was like, you don't look at it. And then all of a sudden I'm listening. And it's like, that is so cool. Mm -hmm. So I like trying to do that. I I agree with Joe. I, I think about the role playing aspect. I usually think about voices at the end. Um, but 
yeah, the role playing, like, where does he come from? What does he do? And that's not an easy thing all the time. You don't yeah. want to be, oh, my parents were killed. Boom, boom, boom. I mix it up. <laughs> um, I've got one where um, the parent, you know, it's a, <laughs> updated. And it's not a half orc paladin, but it's a paladin whose parents were paladins. He was raised a paladin. And it's just as I good as that. that. And I kept it. It's not that I wanted to avoid this background. It was just, it was his motivation piece and everything. So mm-hmm. sometimes I find your background, try and match it with what would motivate a character and, and different ideas. It's like, yeah, different things, different concepts. You you watch a movie or a TV show and the back of your brain says, oh, in D&D, I bet you I could turn that around. 100%. And you make some notes or make a Absolutely. Comment. So yeah. yeah, that's what I like to do. I just like to look and mix it up. I like to make different ones. Yeah, Anna, what about you? Yeah, I you know I wait until um, I I want to know like how much the DM is willing to divulge with me about what our world looks like because mm-hmm. I like to create characters that are going to like mesh well in this world. Sometimes you know DMs tell you nothing and they're like it's an adventuring party. That's all I'm going to tell you. And sometimes like we played an Icewind Dale campaign where we knew that, you know, it was high combat. Um, we were going to be communicating with the like people in the cities. It was going to be about survivability and that can weigh in on the character that I build. So I, I appreciate knowing little things about the universe that we're going to be playing in before I build my character. But then once I have whatever details I get, I ask myself, like, do I want to be a fighter? Do I want to be magic user? And then that's kind of how I put it together. And then the personality, it just comes to me in like dreams and stuff. And it's just, <laughs> I have so many personalities inside of me. That I'm just like, who, who will I play today? So that's how we get there. And I love doing accents. I love having really, really dramatic backstories my parents are always dead in my backstories and i have some like pitiful <laughs> tale whatever yeah. um but but you said uh, a very important word i think motivation mm-hmm. and i always like to think about that for my character like yeah. what is the motivation behind this character why yes. would they join a group why would they go on an adventure what's inspiring them those are all really important things that i probably spend too much time thinking about impossible um, no, when I put no. it, I know. Impossible. honestly yeah <laughs> no. i really love love a well-rounded character so and i agree yeah, with you Anna, about, about the dm letting you know a little of the world and that's why right now my in one of my games i'm, I'm a paladin is because he told us we're going to uh find ourselves in hell so Ooh. i immediately went oh a paladin and and we've had a couple sessions and i've already talked to him that this actually this uh sunday he's going to start losing his sanity <gasps> because there's so much evil around. And yet at one point they kind of captured someone and they were like, well, we need to kill this, this thing. But it was a kobold, I think, or something. And it's like, uh, as the paladin, he's like, well, no, you've got him tied up. That's, that's a helpless individual, but he's evil, mm-hmm. but he's a helpless individual. So he's back and forth. And, and I'm just kind of going to have a lot of role playing fun on Sunday. I gave him a heads up that I'm going to start losing my sanity. I love it. But like you went in, right? Like you knew that. Yeah. 
yeah, you knew the story was going to take you to this place that's going to potentially have a lot of conflict for a character that's for a class that's usually typically like lawful good or, you know, yes. that that has a lot of those elements. And that is going to create a super and has created a really unique role playing environment, which is yeah, it's a lot fun. of fun. Yeah. Um, I have like I always have some like do's and don'ts, which I think is a good way to look at maybe character creation. And I'm interested what your every you know both of your thoughts are on this so like i think of like four general categories of like like character longevity uniqueness um the backstory and then like how quote-unquote special your character is are, are sort of like the four things that i like to keep in mind when i'm creating a character so longevity being like you want to create a character that you envision being comfortable playing and happy with for potentially a really long time who knows maybe this campaign's going to go 20 years i mean you just <laughs> right. you just never know right but on the same you know on the same token uh uh you want to be careful like are the quirks that you're giving your character things that you can live with for a really long time, right? So don't give yeah. them things that you're not, or, or don't put things in their backstory that you're not okay role-playing um, because those things are going to come up. Um, uh, and then like, okay, so like uniqueness. So I like to think about, uh, Anna, just as you said, how is, does this character fit into the DM's world? So I like to think about, okay, so the DM told me X, Y, Z about this campaign or game. Um, yeah, like, okay, so here's how my character fits in. In the same token, though, what you should avoid is don't don't rely too heavily on tropes. Um, and if you it just sort of like fantasy tropes, like, oh, yeah, everyone in my family's dead and I'm out for revenge. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, that's... That's a starting point. Hey, but that's don't okay end for your first campaign, okay? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that absolutely. Was definitely what I did. <laughs> no, you only had a few. Well, I won't spoil things now because you know <laughs> we're still learning about ESO. But um, but but that's okay to start with. But then I I will like challenge you to like go further. Okay, how did they die? Why did they die? What was your role in it? Who were the people that killed them? And how? Like you know, like flesh that out more and make it more part of this unique background. Don't just like end it there um and then i always think of course about the backstory so um if i uh, creating a backstory is so important and i insist on it for all of my players um because that gives meaning to why your character is is the way they are and develops the way that they do um and also like it's important put some plot hook ties for your dm trying to help all the dms out there like you want to be able to incorporate your character into whatever story it is that you're telling um, but then sort of like on the opposite, you know, side of that, you, you don't want to just write like a one or two sentence backstory with like little effort. And you don't want to write a novel for your DM to have to like pour through <laughs> just to find out the important things. Uh, uh, like uh, a rule of thumb for my, my players, give me a one page typed up in word, a few paragraphs. Tell me what it is about your character that I need to know moving forward, how they got to the point they're at and, and that is a really good starting place for like anyone who's starting a character. And then that last bit that I talk about, like sort of how special your character is. Um, like, as I mentioned before, like, yeah, your character should be unique. And of course there's always those, those campaigns where like your party is literally superheroes or, you know, like your party is literally like princes and princesses, but um, avoid being unrealistically powerful, 
famous, flawless. Like it's those, it's those flaws. It's those little save things. Save that for real character. life. Yes, one hundred. <laughs> save that for real life. Oh, flawless. <laughs> It's those flaws and things that make your character interesting, right? You so, could be flawless instead of lawyers for lawless, <laughs> flawless. Some of us are, pointing to myself already. I was just um, like, you took the F out, you had lawless. lawless. <laughs> anyway, sorry I, to interrupt. <laughs> Please always feel free to interrupt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so those are like the kind of main categories of like things that I think are important to like touch on when you're thinking about how do I go about putting together a character from scratch? And and I have a question for that before we move into talk, because I'd still like to talk about the ideals and bonds and things. Is yeah. Sure, yeah. New, new players to the game, like new to D&D. And usually those new players, yes, you might have a handful with, with this you know, very vivid imagination and say, oh, you want a background story on a fictional character? Boom, I'll be back with mm-hmm. my half a novel. But right. I think a lot of people, they're still nervous about the system itself. Mm-hmm. And until I think you've fought one or two or three characters, then your background and your story grows each time. So where do you start with right. someone who's very nervous uh, with creating backstories or even just being a, a different character? Do you kind of say, okay, you know what, one or two lines, then let's just do a very basic and we can build from there so they they grow with the experience or are you like, no, no, I want you to think deeper and come up with more. And I don't want to scare them away from the game by doing that. What do you think? Right. Yeah. Well, Anna, like you were, you know, it was just a year ago when you started playing. I mean, what, when I asked you to create a character with a backstory, like what was, I mean, you did such a good job and I think it's because, you know, you're, you're just the kind of person. I'm I'm one of those people. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) But how did that feel like coming up with that? You know, I I think that you actually pinpointed a lot of the things that I I was thinking about back then. I was like, what are the things that he's going to need to know in order to like implant me into the story and telling you about some personality things, telling you about my family and then telling you essentially how do I end up away from my family in this in this location, the like tavern we all met and what, what would be <laughs> classic. Yeah, um, and then like, what would motivate <laughs> me to join a bunch of strangers on a quest? Right. So like, as long as I had at least those details in the story, right. I felt like I had given you sufficient information. Obviously I expanded on some parts because it's fun for me to do that kind of stuff. And, and I enjoyed it. But for somebody that's like, has a lot of trepidation and is is like unsure about how much or how little detail to add. Those are the kind of basic things that I would say, like, tell me in one or two or three sentences how you envision your personality. Tell me what your bonds are, like who who are your biggest relationships? It doesn't have to be your family, but like, are you tied to a God that you take very seriously? Are you tied to, you know, do you have some backstory where you have like a best friend that you lost or something or that you're searching for or something like that? Um, Do you have a pet, you know, like whatever, like whatever little details you want me to incorporate into my story that you think would be a cool addition that help shape you. That's all I would need. And if they could only give me like a half a page of that, fine. Like that's where we build with a new person. Um, But that's what I would be looking for. Yeah, if it was like someone who is brand new to D&D, we would likely be starting hopefully in like a one shot setting, in which case I'd be much less 
like demanding in terms of what I mm -hmm. wanted from them. So one paragraph would probably be fine for like the one shot setting. I of course always go in like, I'm like, Oh my God, okay, let me create this whole, <laughs> this whole thing. <laughs> but um, what I would do, like if, if, if that person um, it was, we started in a campaign and was struggling with some of those things uh, I would do Anna, exactly what you said, but also I would say, I maybe would walk through them and say, okay, what was their childhood? Like, you know, what, what were their parents? Like, did they have parents? Um, what were some key events that shaped their worldview, right? Because you're going to be role-playing this character and this character is going to have a point of view. They're going to have a voice. They're going to have like all of these things that inform how you act that character out. And it could be as simple as, you know, we made fun on like a previous episode where it's like, well, I'm Bob the human fighter, yeah. um, you know, and that's <laughs> fine, dream. right? And that's great. So why was Bob's life so adequate and like normal? Why, why wasn't there any super crazy things that happened? And you can explain, well, because his parents parents were accountants and he was trained to be an accountant. Great. Like, tell me all yeah. of those things. And like, th I think that's how you go through like fleshing out the backstory with a new player. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Steve, you now let's talk a little bit about the, the bonds and ideals and flaws. Cause you, you really have an interest in those aspects. Yeah. You had raised those to us to want to talk about. So yeah, tell I us did. your thoughts on that. I did. Uh, and I find it fascinating. Um, because that, to me, really can help shape that backstory or the, the motivations, as we said earlier, or things like that. Um, is there generally, because reading through the, the player's handbook, which I, I have, um, cover to cover. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, um, we found our brethren among you. Yes. yes. <laughs> we really have. <laughs> um, it seems to leave it very open. Mm -hmm. But they seem to, you know, at the same time, kind of hint down. I'm just wondering, do most DMs, you know, do you, do you say, okay, here's some ideals. I want you to fit it within a certain parameter. Where do the parameters fail? I've never built one in D&D. &D, so the ideals, the bonds, and, and Anna, you were saying bonds, maybe it's your parents, maybe it's a best friend, maybe it's the captain of the guard who took you under his wing or something to be a fighter. I guess just saying those things, build it and and go from there. Like my, the other RPGs I play don't seem to have that. Oh, well, Delta Green will, but you know, the other ones like Pathfinder, they don't, they just say develop your backstory. Sure. And you leave it at that. Do you, uh, I guess what I'm wondering is if the ideals, bonds and flaws, they're great for helping build, but can they also wind up being restricted? I, I think that for first time players, they're actually very helpful. Because when you tell a brand new player, like, tell me what your ideals are. Maybe they're like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> exactly. So, so when you flip through the book and you're like, okay, so like these are the things that they're imagining as ideals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's very helpful for brand new players to like look there and then be like, what sounds interesting? Or literally like what you can do is like roll a die, right? And yeah. just be yeah. like, this is where I land. Yeah. Um, but at least it helps kind of form the what am I looking for because even like when you're like tell me about your bonds maybe sometimes they're like what? with who why about? is that like, relevant stocks and bonds? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> tell me how financially uh vested you are and diverse your portfolio I guess <laughs> are they bonds? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> government issue post-war bonds I mean come they're on. bug bearer bonds <laughs> oh those are valuable <laughs> You can always but, tell yeah, they smell I, bad. 
So yeah, for I think for like brand new players, that kind of stuff is very helpful. If mm -hmm. a brand new player came to me and was like, I understand the concept looking at these, but I want to form my own, I'd be like, yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think the flaws might be kind of, I love the concept. Like I, I when I build characters in an RPG, I want to make sure I put a flaw or two in and nothing so yeah. outrageous. Sure. But something that still can be there. Uh, again, I think flaws could be a tough thing for a new player to, they could think about it and go, oh yeah, I don't like spiders. And <laughs> right, right. You know, yeah. well, it's D and D you're bound to come across a couple giant <laughs> right? spiders in the dungeon or something. Right. Um, yeah. It's then I, I, how they remember to play it, or they might be nervous about, Oh, I don't want to be flawed. I just want to swing my ax. Right. right. And like that stuff, I mean, you know, and, and, and you come across those players and honestly for their first game or their first campaign, like that's okay if those things aren't super flushed out and like, and not everyone thinks about those things as minutely as like I do personally, but I always fill out those sections and I take them very seriously. Same. And I, I put at least two for each category because I, I just think it's so helpful um, with, with respect to your question on, can it be restrictive? Um, you know, we've talked already um, at length on our podcast about, okay, can character alignment be restrictive? Can, uh, can, can background choices be restrictive is playing as your, you know, Raise is there the such thing as, here. right. As the, is there such thing as role-playing too much? Is that too restrictive? Um, and honestly, like, this is all meant to be flexible. So you can stray from your bonds and ideals and flaws. Like I'm not going to stop the game and say, excuse me, Steve, you said that your flaw was that your character um, like wasn't super stylish. And you just told me that like your character had an amazing outfit on. We need to go back and fix that. That's Rewind. a terrible example. Yes. Rewind. <laughs> exactly. Which all of my characters are, but um, uh, no, but like, that's a great, you know, like, it's okay. Like we're, we're not policing those things so much. These are general places to start from yeah. and to just give your character that sense of this is their personality, right? Like my, my I've talked a lot about my rogue warlock Umbra, who's a, a tabaxi. She has a Southern accent and she's very just sort of sensual and, and straightforward and in your face. And I put those things as part of her. Um, like she, uh, she, um, is extremely loyal to people that she trusts and she values freedom and despises and abhors like slavery and, and any sort of like false limitation on choice. So we had talked a while back in an episode where, where she ended up <laughs> killing this like beloved NPC. Uh, I don't know. Steve, maybe Steve didn't get to that point, but she killed <laughs> yeah. an NPC because she felt it was the only way to protect her clan or her, her newfound adventuring party. And because that NPC wanted to enslave a dragon and she found that so morally repugnant. Now, does every player need to go to that level of, <laughs> of granularity? Right. 100% no. But the fun thing about D&D &D is that it gives you the freedom to do that. So, right. yeah, I, I like yeah. don't sweat it. Right. I mean, it, you shouldn't have to worry about these types of things. Well, what um, I'm there done. to help you. Sorry, what I've done with the one where I'm introducing um, three out of four brand new players and, and they're very nervous. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't hit on the backstories as much. What I've done is spent two weeks so far running through the, the pre-written from the beginner box there. And mm -hmm. 
just so they understand, get an idea of the mechanics, how yeah. it generally runs. So I haven't talked to them too much on the backstory. And what I thought was once I know they want to continue. Now, fortunately, right. they do. They're all excited and they're going, this is <laughs> my daughter said it was much more fun than she thought it would be. Then <laughs> I would the way, revisit back. Right. Like, by the way, like, how cool is it that you are are DMing D&D or or because you're, yeah. you're doing it in 5e, right? Yes. In, um, how you're DMing that for your adult daughter. Like, I could That's wish amazing. that only my dad was that cool. Like, <laughs> come on. My parents don't even know what D&D is. So kudos to you, Steve. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I just wanted to, I want to, sh- I've, I've fallen in love with it all so much in the role playing that I want to share it so much. Mm-hmm. So, so what I, yeah, what I decided was uh, let's get the, the mechanics and make sure that we don't spend so much time on backstory and creation that after three weeks they say, yeah, thanks, but not for me. Make them enjoy it. And so far they have. Right. So now I, my intent is to go back to them individually and start building that. Mm-hmm. Like my daughter's ter- terrified to do the role playing part. That's not her comfort level. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to work with her on that. And at the same time, she's, you know, because I do voices and things with all the different <laughs> characters that. She's understanding there's some fun in that, but she's used yeah. to it from me anyway. So. It sounds like there's a podcast that she would benefit from listening to. Yeah, I've already. Um, <laughs> yep. Trust me, the link is going out to many people. <laughs> Yay. Wait, and you said she was an adult, right? Because we're, not, we're not super kid friendly. <laughs> she's 28. Okay. Yeah, she just bought a house in Vancouver, BC last year. So oh, it's all good. Awesome. Yeah, she's an so definitely an adult. Definitely an adult. <laughs> Yeah, Anna, were you gonna? Did yeah. you have something? To add? I, you know, I did, but it it's gone oh, now. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Um, well, um, I, I was gonna say one. Oh, I remember. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that I totally agree with Steve that like when I'm putting together my character, I find it very important to at least give some thought to the flaws of that character. Yeah. <laughs> but for brand new characters, um, for brand new players, I should say, if they don't do that then the fallback usually is that whatever their like real life flaws are, or is what <laughs> that character's flaw is going to be. Like, no doubt that's what's going to happen. So, that would explain why so, all my characters are bald, right? <laughs> that's not a flaw. <laughs> no, but you revert back to what you're comfortable with. Oh my god! I mean, uh, yeah, that's that's one hundred percent true. Um, I, but another way, so you're talking about like how can you encourage them to like maybe come up with something to flesh out their character? A very easy and, and simple thing to do is say, think about your favorite characters from fiction, um, or even real life. Um, think about your favorite historical figures. Um, take Harry Potter for example, who is yeah. in my um, mind, uh, you know, a great, interesting figure. Um, uh, he has this crazy backstory, right? He yes. was, he was protected by this amazing, you know, innate magic. Um, his parents were killed and he now lives with that burden inside him and has this connection to the, to the killer. Cool. Literally. A flaw to be constantly heroic. Like that's a real thing. Yeah. Like, kind of a flaw. jerk. Yeah. And like, a st- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, he's AKA a teenager, a teenage boy. Exactly. 100%. And, and like literally just copy that, right? Like, like it's okay. Your first character doesn't have to be your best character. My, I, no. my first character certainly wasn't. Um, uh, but like modeling it after a character that already exists that you like is a really simple way to sort of flesh that out. Cool. 
Yeah. Oh, that's that's really helpful. I'm making notes here. So <laughs> trying not to be on the camera. <laughs> thing, I'm going to have to decipher them because I'm watching the camera. I'm trying to write down here. It's, it's not working. Trying to look cool, even though this yep. is a podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a habit. Um, and you're right. I haven't finished. I've started the alignment <laughs> episode, but I haven't finished. I've got too many. I work full time and I have too many podcasts I'm listening to. Because uh, I'm trying to gain. From, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they all said to me. Um, so if you ever looked at, and I have, I've looked at, and it's come really close and I threatened changing up as a DM, changing a player's alignment based on an action they took. I went, you know what? You're not, no, you're not lawful good. <laughs> you're chaotic or you're something like that and, and force them to change. And almost uh, some cases, even you've got a little bit evil in you. So you're going to change the DM is changes the alignment, but in fun, like based on the actions, it's like the character should be, the player should be like, damn. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> now I'm going to role play a little different, but has that ever happened? Because the sorry, and in tied in with that is the alignment could also uh, mm-hmm. because it's a delicate subject can right. really impact your backstory. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so align. We did talk about this a little bit, but um, I, in terms of character creation, alignment is another great resource. The player's handbook gives a great description of yeah. each of the different alignments and the type of people that might fall into those. So when you pull all of those things together in creating your character, you really have so many so many resources to pull from to, to really start writing that character backstory. Um, and yeah, like forced alignment changes can definitely happen. Um, but for, for new players, just focus on generally speaking, like, yeah, like how does that, you know, what are the, that goes into like all of your bonds and ideals, right? Like what are your ideals that will inform greatly? Like what your overall alignment is. Yeah. Yeah. I would never do that with new players. Right. <laughs> yeah, for new players, I want to say the alignment um, governs how they role play. Like you pick the alignment and then you're like, okay, this is the kind of character I want to play. For more experienced players, I feel like they form their character and their like idea of what they want to create. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, okay, I guess it falls under this alignment because this yeah. is how I want to play. I do think that's so, true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. And it changes between a new player um, or even... Even veteran players at early lower levels versus yeah, right. they've been in the same campaign. They're now, you know, uh, one of the ones I'm running, they're, they're now at level 13. And wow. it changes. Yeah. It it's changes a, it's how they role play. It's an evolution of a person, right? Yeah, like, very much so. In real life, your alignment, so. And I was thinking about you were talking about uh, the Harry Potter thing, Joe. Uh, Joe. It made sense where he, you start off saying he'd been protected by magic in the house. He didn't know that. We didn't know that. And it it already made me make notes that I'm getting in touch with some of my players and their parts of their background, I'm going to tweak and I'm not going to reveal even to them. Love it. I love that. I'm like, you've got me going on that. That's a whole (laughs) Right. Yeah. And all this is to show like, give your DM the tools to make, Mm -hmm. to to integrate your character into the world and they will do the rest. If, if they are committed DM, they will do the rest. And that is really like the most you can ask for. And I'm trying to be, I mean, I'm just, of course, I want to be in one of your games. (laughs) I know. 
<laughs> yeah, Anna and I are always happy to drop in for anyone out there if you need people on a dime. If you need or us to play any NPCs or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Know. Yeah, or your characters end up in court and you have a judicial system. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Steve. This yes. was amazing. Oh. And uh, I hope that you had a good time because we would love to have you back for future Rusty yes. episodes. It yes. would be so fun. 100%. I would love to. This is my first podcast thing. So I'm just <gasps> pumped. I'm no longer a podcast virgin. There you go. I was going to say it. I was like, yeah. Pop the podcast yeah. cherry. Yeah, it's yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, thanks so much. And uh, we'll see everyone next episode. Yeah. All right, thanks.